Wherever you're listening to the show, please subscribe to the show so that you are getting notified about every new episode that comes out and leave a rating of the show so that other people can know about it. We can move up the algorithm so other people can work on their game the same way you're working on your game. Now let's get to it. I have a text line where I send out a free daily motivation text to everyone in my community every morning. If you want to get that text, text me at this number right now, 305-384-6894, 305-384-6894, straight to your phone, free, everyday, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. Societies are built by men. Pretty exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. DreOldJay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. You are now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get to use those of personal initiative, which is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. Then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is we are in the entitlement era. That is the era that we're in. That's the world that we're living in right now. I'm going to explain what that is, why that is, and what adjustments you may need to make now that you will have this understanding. But before we do that, first of all, let me tell you about it. I have a daily motivation text message that I send out for free every day to everyone who's in my text community. You want to be in my text community? There's a very simple process to get into it. Just text me right now from your phone, which is within arm's reach of you right now, and send a message to the following number, 305-384-6894. And every day, doesn't matter what you say in that initial message, as long as you just send a text and it goes through, you won't get a response. You'll be able to confirm you'll be in my text community. And every day when I send out the daily motivation text, because you are in my community, you'll be getting that text. Every morning, message guaranteed to keep you focused, sharp, and on point. So send that message right now and you'll be in my text community. Now, this subject of the entitlement era. A lot of the material that comes out here on the Work On Your Game Masterclass is evergreen material that you could come across any day at any time and it will be 100% relevant to you. I would say 99% of the stuff that I put out fits that description. But then 1% of the time, I'll talk about things that are going on right now. Maybe something that is a current trend or a current topic. And who knows? These topics may keep going. They may not be just current. They might be ongoing things that just maybe it came to my attention at the time that I recorded it, but it may keep going moving forward. Hopefully this one does not last as long. I hope that this subject that I'm talking about right now becomes like a museum piece because I hope that this era does not continue as it has been going up to this point. But we are talking about the entitlement era that we are in right now. I explained in episode number 1959 how entitlement is hurting you and how entitlement puts people in a position of feeling as if 
and then beginning to believe it goes from a feeling to a belief that you do not have to earn the things that you have or the things that are coming your way. And today, what we're going to do is take this conversation further. First of all, let's get a definition of the word entitlement so you'll understand why I believe that the era that we are living in right now, a one word that can describe it is this word entitlement. Entitlement is defined as the fact of having a right to something. And this is when someone, that's a great definition because it's when people believe they have a right to something and they believe it's a fact. That is not their assumption. It is not that they're trying to build a case for it. They just believe it's an absolute fact that they have a right to something and it must be given to them or it is owed to them in some way. And that's the era that we're living in right now because we got so many people who feel entitled to certain things that they have not earned. They just believe it should just be, again, handed to them or it is owed to them, even worse, that is owed to them that they are actually at a deficit because they haven't been given something that belongs to them. And the entitlement that I'm talking about today is not, however, based in fact, based on that definition, but it might as well be for the people who are, you know, I'm talking about. If you ask those people who feel entitled, they do believe it's absolutely a fact. And they have allowed their feelings and opinions, which everyone is allowed to have, to harden into quote unquote facts, which are not actual facts, in their own minds. And this is causing quite a challenge for a lot of society these days, not only for the people who are being accused of withholding the some things that these entitled people believe that they're owed. So it's a challenge for them because now they're being accused of, hey, you're not giving us the thing that you owe us. It's also causing the challenge for the people who are feeling entitled, because if you feel entitled to something, yet you are not receiving it, that causes you to feel some form of no acrimony, some negative energy, for lack of a better term, because you feel something is owed to you is not being given to you. So now instead of you going out and just doing the work and earning the rewards that you want from your life, now you're sitting back. You might not be sitting back and doing absolutely nothing, but some part of your mind is preoccupied with, hey. Yes, I got these things that I've earned, but I got these other things over here that I have not yet been given that are, they belong to me. They're mine. They haven't been given to me. So you always have like a small part of your thoughts are not fully focused on the task at hand, but fully focused on not fully focused, but partially focused. At least at least some people are fully focused on this stuff, but partially at least focused on these things that you think belong to you that are owed to you by somebody. Yet that person or entity or organization or country or society has not given that thing to you that someone has indoctrinated you with the idea that it belongs to you. So this is all leading to a big issue. So I'm going to cover one, two, three, do I have three or four here? Four specific groups that I want to talk about here today who have a mindset of entitlement that, and it's not everybody in these groups, by the way, and I'll say that up front since these days, I shouldn't have to say that, but I have to say it because these days people like to pick and choose small out of context things and try to you know, build an argument out of small toehold. So I'm saying it up front. This is not everybody in these groups because I am actually part of at least one of the groups that I'm going to mention here today. It's not everybody in the group, but it is certain people in these groups. And I want to make sure if you are a member of one of these groups, you do not fall into the entitled group that believes something is owed to you just because you are part of that group. Nothing is owed to you in life. I've told you many times here on the show that you don't deserve anything until you actually have it. So if you don't have it, then you don't deserve it regardless of what somebody told you. I told you that in episode 2112, you only deserve it when you have it. Point number one, let's get into it. Let's talk about black folks first. Black Americans, you are a black person living in America. I don't even like to refer to myself as an African-American. I have never been to Africa. My parents have never been to Africa. I don't even think my parents even own a passport. 
I know some people from Africa, but nobody that I know personally in my family, from my people that I actually know in my family, I don't know of any of them ever definitely not being from Africa. Everybody I know in my family is from America. That's going to my parents and their parents. So that's my grandparents level and their parents. As far as I know, actually, I've never asked them about that. But as far as I know, I can't trace anyone in my family back to Africa. I'm sure if I went far enough, somebody's going to be from Africa. But I like to say when it comes to the African part with black people in America, if you can't trace your parents or your grandparents back to Africa, I mean, they never even they never even touched on African soil. Then why are you calling yourself an African-American? You ain't never even been to Africa. And this is not even the point here, but I'm just bringing this up. But, you know, a lot of black people and then you get black people talking this. Uh, you get some non-critical thinking black people into this conversation about America. And they're saying negative things about America. And somebody somebody eventually may say something like, All right, well, why don't you just move out of America? If you think America is this bad. And they say, well, we were brought here. And I know some people who I respect, people who are friends of mine who make this ridiculous argument that is based in nothing but feminine energy and emotion. They say something like, well, we were brought here. Brought here from where? And people say, well, we were brought here from Africa. And I'm like, motherfucker, you ain't never even been to Africa. Are you from goddamn Ohio? Are you talking about Africa? What the fuck do you know about Africa? If somebody dropped you in Africa right now, you wouldn't have a clue what to do or where to go. You don't know anybody. Nobody knows you. You were not brought here. You are from America. You are black. You're not African. There's nothing African about you. You ain't never been to Africa. You don't know nothing about Africa. You couldn't even name five countries in Africa. What the hell are you talking about Africa? But anyway, that's not even the point. Let me talk about black people and entitlement. The best way I can describe a black person entitlement, and I'm talking about black Americans specifically, entitlement is the black people who have been wrongly indoctrinated with this idea of thinking that they need to or they should or have just decided to, for whatever reason, to demonize white people for crimes that they did not commit. That means white people who are alive today, demonizing them for crimes such as slavery back in the day, when there are no white person who's alive today ever owned a single slave. And then the black person wants to be made whole, or they want to be repaired, uh, reparations, for suffering that they never personally endured. No black person who's alive today has ever been a slave. And no white person alive today has ever owned a slave. That does not mean that it did not happen. I think we all agree that slavery did take place and it was white people owning black people in America, at least for the most part, even though we all know slavery did exist in Africa as well. with Black people owning their own people, black people owning blacks. And you can do your history on that. The whole point is nobody who's alive today in America is guilty of any of this and nobody who's alive today in America suffered any of this. This is the black person continually shouting about, again, slavery when you personally never experienced not one day of slavery. And then you're talking about things like reparations, like the government should give you, you know, X amount of dollars, et cetera, because they owe you reparations and how the government gives certain money to other groups and ethnic groups when they come here to America, but they never gave anything to black people to you know, repair them for the suffering of slavery. I understand the basic, basic logic of that argument. Okay, if a Korean, for example, I don't know these to be 100% true or exactly how it works, but let's say a Korean comes here from their country and come to America and America gives them something to kind of get them started. But black people, they were already here and when slavery ended, they were not given anything to you know, help them move forward and get started. So black people are saying, well, hey, you never paid us for that. So now you kind of owe us back pay for what you never gave us. Well, listen, this is what I'll say for myself, being a black person, I have two black parents. And I grew up here in America. And again, if I trace my roots back far enough, there are probably some people who did experience slavery in my bloodline. So 
with that said, I will personally not refuse a reparations check from the government if the government decides to cut one. So if the government ever decides at any moment that they're going to cut a reparations check, I will gladly raise my hand and say, hey, government, um, send that money this way and I will use that and reinvest that money into my business. That's what I'll do with it. However, at the same time, I will give zero minutes, zero percent of my time to arguing in favor of receiving that reparations check. Now, there are some black people out there who want to give all of their time and all of their energy and they're writing books on this stuff and they're going on TV shows and podcasts and they're arguing how the government owes reparations and you know, getting signatures on petitions, et cetera, et cetera, for why the government owes reparations. And to those people, listen, I send my best wishes to you, but I am not going to give any of my time to that because I'd rather give my time to something that I have much more control over and something that I think has a higher probability of happening. But if you are able to make it happen, I will shake your hand, appreciate you, and I will tell you where to tell the government to send me my money. I'd rather put my time into something that is more predictably productive than talking about oppression when I have never personally been oppressed. That's the way that I see it. Talking about how terrible America is for black people, and this is black people and you got a bunch of white people talking about this these days. They even wrote the white people into this. This is a great sales job that a lot of these folks have done. When this country, America, has provided all of us, I don't care what color you are, the most opportunity for upward mobility and the creation of success from zero to 100 than any other place in the world. All right, that's a truth. And that's evidenced by the fact that you, Black American, were born here. You grew up here. You have no plans for leaving here. And anybody you know who is from here, who is not from here, rather, is looking for ways to get here. And any of you who know somebody who is not from here, I mean, they were not born here, but they now live here, they ain't trying to leave. How many of you know a person who is not from America, but who now, I mean, when I say from, I mean, they were not born in America. They were not born and raised in America, but they have migrated to America. They are here now and they are looking for a way to exit America. How many of you know even one person who fits that description? Not born here, but they're here now and they're trying to leave. How many of you know even one person who fits that description? How many of you know one person who was born here and they're looking for a way to leave? If you do, I bet you could count all the people you know who fit that description on one hand. I know a couple of people who have actually were born in America. They have left America. They do not live in America right now. It's not because they are disconnected from America. It's not because they hate America. Maybe because they family things. Maybe they just want to try a different lifestyle in a different place. Maybe they're just the kind of spirit that wants to go to a different place and try to live. But they haven't completely renounced their Americanism. All right, that's not happening. I don't know. It, again, if you know a person who is that, you could probably count them on one hand. So any black Americans who are in this entitlement of America owes you something. Well, I can get again, I logically understand how somebody can make the argument for America owes black people reparations. At the same time, I can realistically look at it and say, looking at the cost benefit analysis, how much would it cost me to try to fight for it versus the chances of it actually happening? Ain't worth it for me. I'd rather run my business where I can create success for myself either way, with or without reparations. But again, black person, you want to go argue for it. Now, I will shake your hand. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for fighting for me and putting all your time and your life into that. And I'll go ahead and take my money without doing any of the work. But in the meantime, while you work on that, whether it works or not, I'm be doing my work over here running my business. Point number two, we are talking the entitlement industry, and I want to talk some specific groups who have been indoctrinated, some people in these groups who have been indoctrinated into entitlement. Of course, not everybody in the group. Number two, females. And when I say females, actually, I guess I got to be more specific. I mean women. And when I say women, I mean a human being who was born 
with female reproductive organs. In other words, you have a vagina. All right. If you don't have a vagina, I'm not talking about you. If you are born with a vagina, that's what I'm talking about. Women, certain people in the women's group, not all women. The definition of feminism, for example, and the feminism movement has been one of the culprits in women feeling entitled. Actually, feminism movement has been the main thing, but feminism movement is not a person or an entity. It's just an, it's an idea. Definition of feminism is the advocacy of women's rights on the basis of the equality of the sexes. I'm going to let that definition sink in for a second. So I am not a feminist. I don't think any of you was confused about that. And I actually reject this idea. Again, it's based on this idea of the equality of the sexes. So let's first establish that the sexes are not equal, because if they were equal, then we wouldn't have man and woman. Those are two different groups. So if they were equal, why do we even need to name two different groups if they're the same? Uh, we just all be one group. Who knows? They would just call it all. We would all be called men. We would just look different. But we have different groups because we're not all the same. Right? There's a reason why we have men and there's a reason why we have women. There are things that men can do that women cannot do. And there are things that women can do that men cannot. Specifically, women can give birth and men cannot. The argument of feminism attempts to establish that this society has generally been based around the patriarchy with the man in front and the woman as a helpmate to the man. And feminists argue that women should be right there on the front line next to the man. That's the feminist argument, because, again, the feminism argument is based on, by definition, that there's equality between the sexes, but there is not equality between the sexes. This is why back in the caveman days, what did the men do? The men went out and they hunted for the food. And they fought off the wild beast and the saber-toothed tigers, or they got killed by the saber-toothed tigers. And they fought each other over food and things like that. They would go out and hunt the food, and then they would bring it home, and the women would tend to the children, and they would you know, gather the food, and they would make sure it was cooked, and they would make the meals, et cetera, et cetera. And that hasn't changed that much societally, even to this very day. Now, of course, you have women who are out there working, and they're hunting on their own these days, especially a woman who doesn't have a man in their lives. But understand that there's a reason why traditionally going way back to the caveman days, so to speak, the man went out and hunted for the food because the man was more physically capable of doing so. This is the reason why here in Miami, when you see me post, if you follow my social media story, you see me posting one day at a time and showing you the construction happening all the time. 95% of those people working construction are men. I saw a woman construction worker today, as a matter of fact, because I, where I live, there's a lot of construction going on around me. So I see the workers walking to work every morning and I see them leaving in the evenings. And out of every 50 construction workers that I see, 48 of them are men and there are two women. Why? Because men are physically capable of handling more when it comes to physical backbreaking labor, so to speak, than women are. Right, this is just a truth of biology. Is there any feminist who wants to argue against that? I don't think so. If there's a war and we have to take up arms and there's a draft, most of the people who are going to go and put their lives on the line to defend this country are going to be men. And I think women will be completely all right with that. This is why I'm making all these points to help you understand the sexes are not equal. All right. There's a reason why, again, there's a man and there's a woman. There's a reason why in the Bible, God made the man. He created the woman from the rib of the man to be a supporting role player to the man in the starring role. I've talked about this before. And again, this is coming straight from the Bible. I'm paraphrasing the story, but this is coming straight from the Bible, folks. Don't have a problem with me for saying it. You have a problem with the Bible if you want. If you want to question that document, go ahead and do so at your own peril. Society has generally been based around the patriarchy. This is true. The man has been in front. And again, a woman is a helpmate 
to the man. And feminism is arguing that the woman should be right there on the front line next to the man. But this is not true. If a man decides to break down the door of somebody's home and the only thing there is a only living entity there is a woman. And that man decides he's just going to overpower the woman and you know, have his way with whatever is in that house. What's the woman going to do? Then probably not much. But if there's a man in the house, OK, now we got a different story. Right. You understand. Everybody understands this. To many of you, this is not a new point. Feminists argue that women should be right there. And it sounds like a good idea in theory right there next to the man. Sounds like a good idea in theory, but it's not a good idea in practice. Societies are built by men. Roads are paved by men. Buildings are built by men. Cities are built by men. I'm talking literally built by hand by men. When the intruder bursts into the house or a rival army invades the country, there's not a bunch of women taking up arms and standing on the front lines. These days, there's a, at least as of this recording, there's a conflict going on in the Ukraine between Ukraine and Russia. As far as I've seen, now I am no expert on geopolitics, but when I saw a bunch of Ukrainians taking up arms to go and defend their country, I didn't see too many women putting on army uniforms and grabbing guns. I'm not saying there are zero, but I've seen a whole lot more men than I've seen women. Uh, did any of you see something different? You let me know. Men are the hunters. Women are the gatherers. The feminist movement, amongst many other things that it, it has uh, attempted, looks at the spoils that go to the man. See, this is where it all comes from. It comes from people looking at the food on other people's plate. See, the feminist movement looks at the spoils that go to the man. The man gets seated at the head of the table on the biggest piece of chicken and adventures that women deserve some of those spoils for themselves. And one of the arguments that the feminist movement has, well, look, look at single parent homes where there's just a mom and there is no dad in the home. There is no man in the life of that child. And a woman kind of has to play all the roles. Well, she's doing everything anyway. So that proves, quote unquote, proves that the woman can do everything the man can do. No, it does not. It proves that the woman can raise a child on their own. And there are plenty of children who have been you know, successfully, so to speak, raised by a single parent. But that is despite the fact that there was not a man there. That's not because the woman was able to fill the role of the man. All right, let's make sure we frame this point correctly. And that's not a knock on any of you who's a single mom out there, any of you who was raised by a single mother. But let's be clear. All right, the reason that the family, the family is a man, a woman, child. That's a family, man, woman, child. If one is missing, even if it's a single dad, all right, and that child ends up you no know, coming out okay, that's despite the fact that there wasn't a mom in the house, not because the dad could play a mom. All right, man can't do what a woman can do, and a woman can't do what a man can do. This is the point. I've already made this. And it's a great argument that's very convincing to some, but it is not rooted in objective truth. That's the point. Perhaps I'll speak more on the subject in the future, but let's move on to point number three. Today's topic, once again, is we are in the entitlement industry. And I might do a whole other episode on entitlement industry and just how it is showing itself just in general for people, period, not just these specific groups that I'm calling out here today. Number three is the LGBT group. And this group, I probably should have put this group first because they're the ones who are running shit the most right now, at least as of today's recording. But that could change. And we know these things can change pretty quickly. Number three, the LGBT group. For many years, there was an argument about whether gay and lesbian people should have the right to shelter together to get married, to be in relationships, whether we should even acknowledge a gay couple together. For the most part, the gay and lesbian community has pretty much, we can say they have won this battle. They have won those rights and gay people are getting married. Uh, there may be a few places where you can't, but for the most people, gay people can get married. They can be in couples and we pretty much have accepted it fine. All right, you're gay, you're together, whatever. But that was clearly not enough for the LGBT movement. And again, I'm not saying everybody who's LGBT. Now the LGBT community has gone and promoted, they have gone and promoted and even encouraged this concept of transgenderism, where all right, you could be born with a penis, but you have decided you're a woman. 
Or you could be born with a vagina, but you decide that you're a man. Or you could be born with either a penis or a vagina and decide, you know what? I'm not a man or a woman. I'm neither one. But don't call me a man or a woman. Don't call me he or she. I'm they or them or whatever other things people are coming up. People are kind of making up words. They don't even want to be a he, she, they, or them. They're kind of making up phrases to call themselves these days. Muddying up the definition of man and woman. Attacking, silencing, condemning, and canceling anyone who dares to challenge their conclusions. Like, if enough of them heard this, they'd be mad at me for even saying this, right? Interestingly enough, or maybe not so interestingly, this is actually working. This is working. Today's society has done a great job of emasculating a lot of men, and many people, male or female, are laying down allowing this bullshit to be perpetuated. This is what I talked about in the episode where I talked about Leah Thomas, where I said I was going to speak up for the women athletes who were not being defended by all of you girl dads out there, all of you female advocates, all of you defend women, all of you, whatever other hashtags they have for women out there. All of you male feminists out there who are supposed to be defending women. I talked about this in episode 2121 when a man, Matthew Thomas, decided William Matthew Thomas decided that he was a woman at age 21, got on a women's swim team, swam the whole season on a women's team at the University of Pennsylvania. And all the women got silenced from speaking out against him. Not a single man on that campus, not a single man in the Ivy League, not a single man anywhere with a megaphone said a damn thing against him and allowed that to perpetuate. and. Nobody did anything about it. This is an example of a bunch of men being emasculated to the point that they lost their balls and they sat there and watched that happen and nobody said anything. And there was a bunch of men who actually co-signed this, which is ridiculous. I blame men for this. This is not all women. I don't blame women for what happened at University of Pennsylvania with Leah Thomas. I blame men for this because the man's job to be on the front line, as I said already. So when front line things are happening like this and it's just allowed to perpetuate, nobody does anything. That's not a woman's failure. That's a man's failure. So I'm holding men to account for what happened with that Leah Thomas situation in episode 2121. See, this is the kind of shit that takes place when men don't do their jobs. And I talked about this in episode 1863, how we bring masculinity back because masculinity is getting destroyed. And again, that was almost 200 days earlier I said that. Because masculinity is getting destroyed, we get this kind of stuff happening in society when men don't do their jobs. See, when people don't do their jobs, what I tell you, what's the word that I keep telling y'all happens? When men don't do their jobs and we remove standards from societies and we just completely remove objectivity and critical thinking and logic and rationality, know what the word is? Chaos. Chaos is the result of people not playing their damn roles. Men, this is on you. And the entitlement of the transgender community, entitlement of LGBTQ is not because of the transgender people, is not because of LGBT people, is because of men, traditionally masculine men, have fallen out of their position and they are no longer doing their damn jobs. Point number four, today's topic, once again, is we are in the entitlement industry. Number four is the entire grievance industry. This is any person who has a grievance about anything and everybody has some kind of gripe these days, right? This is also known as the victim industry, if to give you a better word. Any of you who's feeling like you're a victim of society or a victim of some group or a victim of something and you have some kind of gripe and some kind of claim to being owed something because of who you are and what was done to you or what wasn't done for you, et cetera, et cetera. I'm just basically to catch off everybody else who I haven't mentioned so far today. Seize episodes 16, 13, episodes 18, 88 for more on the victim industry. This encapsulates everybody who is taking anything they feel like has been done wrong, whether to them, to another person. These days, even the grievance industry, sometimes even happen to happen to you. It can happen to somebody else. And you are taking up their grievances and arguing on their behalf, and they might not even be arguing for you. Like There are white people out there who are mad at me, or if they heard this, they'd be mad at me for saying black people shouldn't feel entitled to 
reparations and they're white. All right. They're telling me that I'm wrong for saying I'm not going to go argue for reparations. I'd rather just build my business. I'd rather start from zero and just build my business as it is than put my time and energy into something that probably is not going to work. But hey, I could be proven wrong. And again, I'll take my check if I'm wrong. But there are people who are taking up grievances they claim on my behalf and they never even suffered the grievance. This is the, this is the whole new thing. This encapsulates everybody who feels like this. And they are co-opting another person's grievance. Some of you are doing that. And a myriad of things in between. There, there's so much. I'm reading a book now that I just started, actually. It's called The Coddling of the American Mind by Greg Lukianoff and Jonathan Haidt. And the subtitle is How Good Intentions and Bad Ideas Are Setting Up a Generation for Failure. See, this whole entitlement industry is not because this is not people who are you know, kind of playing a trick. All right? They have good intentions. Their positive intention is, I want to defend this group. Or I want to advocate for these people. And you got a whole bunch of people who feel like they need to be. You know, people who have no balls, no backbone. They saying, well, I need somebody to help me. Somebody needs to defend me and somebody needs to advocate for me and argue on my behalf and fight for me because clearly they don't have the balls to fight for themselves. And they have actually sold other people on this idea that you need to argue for me in favor of me because of who you are. All right, you're white, so you need to argue for me as a black person because you no know, white people who look like you did bad things to black people who look like me 200 years ago. So now you got to fight for me on my behalf because they did wrong things to people who look like know me back then. And white people have actually bought this bullshit hook, line and sinker. There's an old proverb that says, prepare the child for the road, not the road for the child. And that point right there is this goes to this whole entitlement industry. The entitlement industry is saying that we need to set things up to make it easier for certain people when actually what we need to do is set things up so that people are better prepared for what's coming not setting it up to make the game easier for you. Because if we make the game easy for everybody, then the game is no longer the game. See, the game has no value if it's easy for everybody to win. The value of the game is the fact that everybody can't win. See, the value of the trophy is that there's only one trophy. Not everybody can have one. And that's what makes people tougher in the fact that they got to do what they got to do to position themselves to get it. But in this entitlement era, what are we doing? Giving out participation trophies. Everybody gets one just for being in the game. It's bullshit. Now, who wants a trophy that everybody can get? Not me. Let's recap today's class, which is we are in the entitlement era. Definition of entitlement being the fact of having the right to something. Number one, black folks. Black people entitlement is when to demonize white people for crimes that these current white people did not commit. And a black person wants to be made whole for suffering that you, current black person, you never personally endured. You've never been a slave. No white person you see walking around today ever owned a slave. So for you to condemn them for something that never even happened to you is bullshit. Now, again, there are black people who completely disagree with me for saying that, fine. You can disagree with me, but I'm the one with the mic. So you disagree, start your own podcast and let's hear your argument. I will give zero minutes to arguing in favor of receiving a reparations check from the government. But if one of you black people wants to put your life into doing that and you are able to succeed and get reparations for all black people, then I'll tell you where to send my check. You do the work, I'll take the rewards. Point number two, women. Definition of feminism, the advocacy of women's rights on the basis of the equality of sexes. Well, this is all that whole argument is bullshit because the sexes are not equal. All right. Just, again, a man can't have a baby. A woman is not going to go out there and fight the saber tooth tiger in order to bring home food for the family. If there's a war, there's mostly men going to fight. When cities and buildings get built, there's mostly men out there working on the front lines of construction. If somebody breaks into your house, is the man who's going to defend physically against that other man who's the intruder. Usually it's a man who's intruding the house, right? So there is no equality between the sexes and it shouldn't be equality between the sexes. That's not the way it was designed. It's not the way it's supposed to be. And it's not the way that it's going to be as soon as men relocate their testicles and reattach them and actually start being men again. Point number three, LGBT community. 
many years, there was an argument about whether gay people should just be given you no know, basic rights and recognized as what they are. They pretty much won that battle. But now they've gone further. And now you have transgenderism. And I'm not a man. I'm not a woman. I'm in between or I've changed my mind. I'm this today. I'm that tomorrow. And people are actually laying down and accepting this bullshit. And I blame men for this because men are supposed to be on the front line, depending objectivity and rationality. But when men are not being men and they are completely emasculated, this bullshit is allowed to perpetuate and it is perpetuating and thriving at the current moment. Number four, the grievance industry. It's also known as the victim industry. I talked about this in a few episodes, 1613, 1888. This encapsulates everybody who is feeling like they have been done wrong. Somebody else has been done wrong. You're taking up somebody else's argument. I'm reading this book called The Coddling of the American Mind by Lukianoff and Height. You should read it. I just started it. So any of you who has read it or you're further along than me, you'll probably get a lot of understanding of where this all started from this. And a lot of it's being taught to youth and those youth grow up, they become adults and they're the ones who are you know, pushing these bullshit ideas in society. And the old proverb says, we'll end with this, prepare the child for the road, not the road for the child. All that said, text me to get my daily motivation straight to your phone every single day. My number is 305-384-6894. And I'll tell you to go to workonyourgame.com slash 33 to get access to my 30 days to discipline course. That is where you can start to step up your discipline. You are one month away from following through on everything that you start, making sure that you leave, stop leaving things half done and you actually finish all the projects and the initiatives that you say you're going to get done, not just talking about them, but actually having a process of doing them. That's that again, workonyourgame.com slash 30 days of discipline. Work on your game. Dre all day. I have a text message line now where every single day from my number, I am sending out a text to everyone in my community with a daily motivation message to keep you sharp, focused and on point to get started and be energized for your day. If you want to receive my daily motivation text just send a quick text right now to say hello to this number 305-384-6894. Again, 305-384-6894. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone free of charge. 305-384-6894.